Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Amen. Welcome to Southridge. We're excited to see each and every one of you. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning, we're going to kick off God's Word. Take your Bible if you have one. Book of 2 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hopefully your morning's off to a great start as we had a powerful time of worship. Thank you, worship team. I love getting to sing and worship with them. They do a phenomenal job, just powerful, powerful worship. You know, we come to church for so many reasons, but one of them is the fact that this is where we get the answers to the test. Say, what test? We come to church to get all the cheap answers to the test of life. This is why we come to church, so we can get the answers out of this book right here. Because this book has everything you and I that need, and the Bible says this, that pertains to life and godliness. You have life, and then there's the godly life that you want to live. This book has everything we need to live that life. And so that's why when you come to Southridge Church, we are a Bible church. We encourage you to bring a Bible. If you don't have one, we will give you one for free. But we want to always be a people of this book. Now, no matter how awesome you are, healthy you are, strong you are, happy you are, successful you are, you will come to a point where you are finding yourself, maybe right now, maybe in the past, or maybe in the future, where you felt worn out, where you felt weary, where you felt tired, where you have felt like you need a nap after you just got up from one, where one shot of espresso is not enough, Two shots isn't enough. You need Angel to surprise you and buy you a drink. After you finish the drink, he then tells you he usually gets it with extra shots and then you can't sleep that night. That may be what you need. Or maybe you're the type of exhausted and tired. You need a vacation. But if you've been on that vacation where you get back from the vacation, and you're like, I think I'm more tired now than before I left. It just doesn't seem like there's enough caffeine, that there's enough vacation time to give you that rest that you need. Because the reality is you don't need rest, you need renewal. You need something else. But how do you go about finding that renewal? I could walk around this room and I bet you different people would give me different answers to what it takes to get renewed. Some of you in this room may say, oh, I know what it takes. I just need a good nap and that'll give me that rest that I need. Maybe some of you would say, no, 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 no. What I need is recreation. I just need to go to Disneyland. I just need to go to Cabo San Lucas. I just need to go to you name it, whatever it may be. You just think that that's what I need to feel rejuvenated. And I'm here to tell you, What you need deep down inside is renewal. And this morning, that's the exact subject that I want to bring to us. 
because we often don't understand what brings about renewal in our life. We often assume that rest and recreation brings the rejuvenation that we need. But if that's true, why are we so tired? I mean, you get so many weeks of vacation paid each year, you take it and you're still tired. You typically get a day or two off each week, but yet you're still tired. You can go to sleep at 10, it's just that Netflix series may keep you up, or maybe some show you're watching might keep you up, or you're just scrolling that keeps you up, but you could go to bed at a certain time, you could wake up at a certain time. You can go get a cup of coffee, you can do a lot of things, but when it comes down to renewal, what brings you the renewal? And to find the answer to that, go with me to the book of Corinthians, the great writer, the Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter number he's talking to this church and he's talking about this subject of renewal. And I want to begin reading verse number 15 and we're going to read together just four verses but out of respect for the word of God. Can we stand please? Get some exercise so we're ready for renewal. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, I'm ready for renewal. Just touch your neighbor. Just say, I'm ready for that renewal. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I am ready. Verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes, That grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Some of you are like, that's me. Outside, I'm tired. Pastor Micaiah, it took me everything to get to church. Paul knows what you're talking about. He goes on to say, yet the inward man is being, what's the word? What's the word? Oh, come on, what's the word? Renewed. Renewed day by day. The outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, But what is unseen is eternal. Father God, bless the reading of your word. May you open the ears and hearts of the hearers. I pray that you would bind the work of Satan and his demons, that anything he would try to do in this room would be thwarted. And Father, I pray for those seekers, those people that are weary, those people that need a word from you, that they would hear from heaven and that they would find that renewal that they need. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Write this down. If you're taking notes, you can download the Southridge app or there's a pen and paper near your seat. Renewal takes work. You say, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, back it up. I, I need renewal. I don't need work. I got enough work. Renewal and work don't go together. Yes, my friend, they do. You and I just don't understand what renewal actually looks like. I've told you many times that I grew up in a large home And my family, by the time I was growing up in that household, had moved 17 different times. 17 times. You say, were you guys military brats? No. My dad was a serial church planter. We lived all over the state of California. I'm I'm not even making this up, all right? We lived off of Clyde Avenue in Santa Clara. So there was a little ghetto neighborhood. There's a two-story apartment. I could tell you the apartment I was born in because I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born in 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 our apartment. 
You say, wow, did you just come early? No, my parents were just cheap, and they said, let's just have them here. So the first four kids born in an apartment off of Clyde Avenue. We moved from there. We moved off of Tully. And you know where Chuck E. Cheese is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the neighborhood on the other side of Tully, the ghetto, where if you look like me, you got to be careful. Your car might get broken into. Yes, that's where we lived. And from there, we moved to Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill, we went to Gilroy. Gilroy went to Hollister. Hollister, we went to Fresno. Fresno, we went to Madera. Madera, we went back to Fresno. In Fresno, moved around two or three times. From Fresno, Simi Valley. From Simi Valley, moved around two or three times. And now, final destination. So far, we, we'll see, fingers crossed, is uh, Camarillo, California. Okay, 17 different times. Now, about a good dozen of those times, there was a piece of furniture that we brought with us. I don't know why. Even though as, as a small little child, I wanted to leave this piece of furniture at every single home we moved out of. Just, just call it a new moving gift and just leave it there. You say, what was it? It was a 1892 upright piano. This thing was massive, okay? It looked like it came off the Titanic. It had ivory keys. I don't mean to offend you, but back then, that's what the tickling the ivory keys, the, the keys were made out of ivory. This thing was a beast to haul around. And my dad was cheap, so he didn't haul movers. He's like, I made four of my own, so why do I need to hire any of them? So he's like, come on, help move it. And I was like, I'm like, Five. And he's like, that's fine. Your fingers are small. So slide that little dolly underneath. I was like, I could lose my fingers. He's like, you got another hand, my son. And so that was just the way we were. And we lug this piano that, I kid you not, was from 1892. My mom had inherited these antiques. And for some reason, my parents assumed that these antiques would be worth a lot of money. And can I tell you something? When you have a family of seven kids, no antique is going to last long. Nothing's going to stay in good shape. So at every move, this piano would get in worse and worse and worse shape. Parts of the ivory would pop off. You know, you go to the pawn shop, how much give you some ivory, you know, and uh, uh, just a, a little bit, you know, to make some money. This thing was beat up. But can I tell you something that my mom would do before the holidays, before grandma and grandpa would come over, before aunts and uncles would come over? Before cousins would come over, you know what my mom would do to this piano that's over 100 years old? You know what she would do? She'd get a bottle of old English and a dirty rag. And she would take a bottle of that old English, pour it into the rag, and she would spend the rest of the day, you know what she would be doing? Renewing the piano. Renewal takes work. Renewal doesn't come from rejuvenation, rest, or recreation. Renewal comes because you are willing to work. The Apostle Paul says the outward man, he's perishing, but the inward man is renewing. The Greek word in this text, the word renew, it's actually the word renovation. If you're taking notes, write down the word renovation. Anybody ever done a home renovation? Was that a vacation? Was that easy? I bought my last home in 2012. The master's bathroom, the shower didn't work. And so from 2012 to 2013, we had one shower. I decided because I was broke trying to plant the church that I would go DIY on the shower. You say, are you handy with tools? Nope. But I had YouTube. And I was thinking, if that guy 
can get a million views on remodeling his shower, how hard can it be? And you're right, the demo part, easy. I'm good at demo. I can break it down. If you need some demo work, don't worry. I'm your man. I get a sledgehammer, I break it all up, I haul it all out, putting it back together, I'm not your guy, all right? Go down to Home Depot. There's some people waiting out the front. You might get a deal from one of them. They might be able to help you. So from 2012 to 2014, no shower. You say, how long did it go on? I didn't have money to replace the shower because I got a quote. Somebody quoted me $38,000 to remodel both bathrooms. I said, I don't have $38,000. So in 2017, my wife finally got a working master's bathroom shower. She only had to wait five years. That's not bad. Aren't you glad you ain't married to me? It only took me five years. But can I tell you what? A renovation project takes time. It takes effort. And yet you and I want this renewal. And we think, God, I need renewal. I'm tired. I need to go take a nap. I need some caffeine. But God wants you to look at renewal totally different this morning. He wants you to see renewal as work. Write this down if you're taking notes. Verse 16. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's point number one, day by day, day by day. As a society, we are in the throes of a collective panic attack. Anxiety, loneliness are on the rise with 70% of our population experiencing physical symptoms of stress on health, politics, and many other complexities we can't control. Our minds are spinning out of control. We're trying to cope. We're trying to manage. And we're facing anxiety like nothing we've ever seen. And this word, the Apostle Paul, that he spoke almost 2,000 years ago, is as relevant then as it is today. The outward man is perishing. Right now you say, yeah, Pastor, that's me. I'm perishing. Yet the inward man can be renewed. But the problem is you need to understand what the renewal looks like. Renewal is work. Renewal is renovation. And that renovation goes on day by day. Too often we want God to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. We want God to deal with our renewal like he did with creation. On the first day, what did God say? I'm going to create light and darkness. Done. Second day, I'm going to create the heavens and the earth. Done. The next day, I'm going to create the water. I'm going to create the birds. I'm the, and done. Every day, he just knocked something out. He was done. And some of us expect God to do the renewal like that. I just want to come to church, get my renewal, get my pick-me-up, my fill-me-up, and then I'll see you back in seven days. That's not what God intended you to have. God knows that your outward person that is going to be beat down, life is going to get you down. We almost got to pay our taxes coming up. That may get you down. You may have had to deal with traffic this week. May have got you down. May have had some problems in your home. That can get you down. May have problems in your career. That can get you down. The outward man is perishing. But the inward man can be renewed. That means this renovation process. And you often are like me. We just want God to come down and rescue everything. God, just fix it. Snap your hands and fix it. And God's saying, no, that's not my plan. My plan is to do a renovation project. You see, you and I want renewal, and we think Burke Williams. When God thinks renewal, he thinks Home Depot. Go get some tools. Go get to work. And yet, too often, this is why Christians aren't renewed. I'll tell you this, isn't it interesting that God used the word renovation, not remodel? A renovation is different from a remodel. You see, a renovation is changing out the tile floors. That's changing out some cabinets. But a remodel, you know what that means? 
tear it down and build it back up. God doesn't need to do a remodel on you, my friend. Why? Because when you got saved, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God isn't doing that over and over and over and over. God's just saying, I saved you. You are redeemed. You are born again. You are born not just of blood and water, but now you're born of the spirit. But there's some things that still need to be dealt with. That's where the renovation needs to come in. How about your temper this morning? God's saying, hey, hey, I didn't save that yet, but we got to do some work on that temper. How about your lying? God's saying, I didn't save that, but how about let's work on it? How about the lust? How about the marriage? How about the parenting? How about the leadership? How about everything that that you influence? God's saying, I want to renovate that. I want to deal with that. How about renovating our mind? That's Romans 12, verse 2. And be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants to to do a renovation process. But if you don't understand what renovation looks like, you just go around saying, I'm always tired. I'm always worn out. Of course you are. Because your old operating system isn't equipped to handle the new mode you need to live in. Your phone gets an update. Your computer gets an update. Matter of fact, most of our vehicles now are getting updates. Have you noticed that? It's got to sit there and wait for an update. I don't got time for an update. I'm about to just go buy a really old vehicles and just keep duct taping them together. I don't want to wait for these updates. Why? Because they don't work on this latest system. And so many Christians are wondering, why am I so tired? Because God wants to do something inside of you. Because he knows that your mind can't operate as it used to. you got to think at a higher level, at a different level. So God calls this a renovation project. In the Greek, it is the word anakainu, which means renovate. That's the Greek word. You see, stop looking at yourself as a person and start looking at yourself as a project. But here's the good side of that. We said it's day by day. My friend, I don't know about you, but whenever I've started a project, rarely is it done in a day. And the project as complex as you and I are, it's not done in a day. That's why God said it's day by day. So as patient As you are with others, be with yourself. God understands. God understands that this is a day-by-day process. And many of us get hung up because we just want God to fix it right now. My wife is patient with me. I'm patient with her. I'm patient with my kids. My kids need to be patient with me. I'm patient with our ministry. Our ministry needs to be patient with me. We all are going day-by-day. There's not one person that's arrived. Everybody, do something for me. Would you just for a second look at your hands? Just for a second look at your hands. Middle of your hands. Middle of your hands. Do you see any scars from any nails? Oh, you don't? I don't see any in mine either. That means I'm not Jesus and you're not Jesus. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But one day we will be. One day we will be. But not today. Touch your neighbor and say, not today. You definitely ain't perfect. You definitely ain't. I know what you've been doing. I saw it. No, just kidding. But we can stop looking at ourselves as a person, start looking at ourselves as a project, and it takes time. You see, a renovation doesn't happen overnight, and God knows you and I need time. But renewal is the process of bringing the result of change in line with my purpose. You want to renew your marriage? It takes work. You want to renew your walk with God? It takes work. You want to renew your relationship with your kids? It takes work. You want to renew your reputation? It takes work. You want to renew your mind? It takes work. You want to renew anything? It doesn't come by resting. 
but by renovation. And until we get this principle, we're going to miss out. How many have ever heard of the late, great Dr. Billy Graham? Dr. Billy Graham, famous. Maybe some of you, you are a Christian. You're born again. You've received Christ because of his ministry. Well, his wife's name was Ruth. And Ruth passed away before Dr. Billy Graham passed away. Something powerful that she asked to be put on her tombstone was this. She said, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. She got it. She got that it's day by day. And so many times as believers, we just want God to snap his fingers and we'd be perfect. And God's saying, that's not my process that I have. You see, day by day is process. Would you write down that word? Day by day means it's a process. It means it's a process. I love my children, but there are some days you just want them to hurry up and grow up. And then I'm reminded that, no, I don't. I like it that they're small. I can manhandle them, just pick them up and walk around with them. My daughter's almost 13. I'm not going to be able to do that for too much longer. But sometimes we want things to hurry up, but we're missing out on the fact that God is making this as a process. And we need to trust this process. Notice verse 17. The Apostle Paul goes on and says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Write that down. It's working for us. This renovation project is for us. That master's bathroom shower that my wife waited five years for, it was for her, not the kids. She got to pick out the tile and the paint colors because it was for her, not for anyone else. God is saying, I'm doing this renovation project for you. So often you'll get around people that want you to be something else. This is why sometimes we even like going to a different church, a different location, a different school, a different neighborhood, because nobody knows what we are, nor do they project on us what they want us to be. We can be something new, fresh start. Maybe in junior high, you got to the school and people knew you as the nerdy kid. There was one kid, we had a birthday party, a sleepover, and uh, that night we discovered that his feet smelled really bad, so he was called Sock Boy. He had that nickname until he went to college. Hey, Sock Boy. I think that's called verbal abuse. I'd probably get canceled today if I did that type of stuff. But I looked him up. I looked up Sock Boy. I thought of reaching out on LinkedIn and be like, yo, Sock Boy. Then I found out he's a pastor. He's playing in a church. I'm like, look at you, Sock Boy. No, that's not right, is it? He's outgrown that. But sometimes you get around your old friends, your old neighborhood, the old squad, the old crew. They want to say, hey, come do what you used to do. And you have to remind them, no, 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 no. I'm not that person anymore. This is working for me. I'm not what you used to see me as. And sometimes people are excited like, yes, we've been praying for that. Yes, we want to see that. Other times it's like, oh, really? You're not as much fun anymore. Oh, you're going to change? You're thinking you're too good for us. That's what it is. But all the while, just remember what God is doing is for me. It's not for anyone else. What God is doing, and this is why last week's message is so important, that the best place I go is where his presence is. So I'm not leaving, I'm following. It's never leaving. It's I'm always following his presence. Wherever the pillar of fire takes me, wherever the pillar of cloud takes me, that's where I go. It's not that I'm leaving. It's that I must be in his presence. And so when we understand that this renovation is for me, now I can rest in it. 
So we said that day by day is process working for me. That means it's profitable. Because sometimes we want to step back and say, God, is this really worth it? All this effort, all this work. And I'm here to say, my friend, it's worth it right now. I'm here to tell you that God is saying, yes, this is profitable. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. I love this verse. It says, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How powerful is that verse? Because as if it wasn't enough that you got God, God also throws in a reward. How would you like it every time you got to hang out with your best friend, your best friend gives you a hundred bucks? How about every time you want to date with your wife, your wife writes out a check and says, here's a hundred dollars. You hand you a hundred dollar bill. You're like, man, this is great. I don't only just get to spend time with you. I also get some money. This is great. That's what God is saying. When you seek me, when you're diligent to seek me, I'm going to give you the reward of my presence plus an extra blessing. So who wouldn't want to follow God? So God is saying, this is working for you. As a matter of fact, in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse number 9, it says, Do not lie one to another, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Today, people are obsessed with renewable and sustainable. You're hearing more about this? They're obsessed. You got solar? You need solar. Do you uh, have uh, chickens free range? You need to do that. You know, Uh, do you have a hybrid or do you have an all electric? Everybody's all about renewable and sustainable. Can I tell you this, my friend? God's about renewable and he's about sustainable. God wants your Christian life sustainable. And what is currently happening in your life? Why you're so tired is because it's not sustainable. God is trying to help build that in you. So every problem, understand this, and this is what the Apostle Paul wants you to understand, for our light affliction is but for a moment. Every problem in your life has a limited lifespan. It's just for a moment. What you're dealing with is just for a moment. The stress and trials you're under, it's but for a moment. It came to pass. It's not staying. But also every problem holds positive possibilities. He says it's for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In 2001, 2, and 3, I spent my summers in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I was a cowboy at the Bill Rice Ranch, and one of the speakers came up to where all the Wranglers, where we stayed in our own uh, cabin, and he brought a devotional out of a verse of scripture, and he shared a story that stayed with me forever. And I love this story because it fits so well of what God wants to do in your life. He said there once was a man who got a vision from God. This man lived alone in a cabin in the woods and God appears to him in a vision and God says to him, tomorrow when you step outside your cabin, there's going to be a boulder. When you see that boulder, I want you to push on it. So the man, the next morning, he gets up, opens the door and lo and behold, there's a boulder there in front of his cabin. And he remembered the vision that God had given him and God had said to push the boulder. So the man with all his might begins to push it because if God tells you to do something, you obey. And if God tells you to do something, surely you should be able to accomplish it. So the man begins to push on the boulder. He pushes and pushes and pushes. This boulder does not budge. All that you see is the man's feet kind of digging into the dirt and sliding back as he's pushing against this boulder. He pushes till about noon and then he stops gets lunch, and then he goes back to work, pushing till dusk. And then he goes and gets dinner and goes to bed. The next day, he repeats the process. The next day, repeats it again. The next week, he repeats the process. The next 
Week after that and week after that. Month after month after month goes by. He spends an entire year pushing on this boulder and the boulder never moves. Finally, out of frustration, he throws his hands up in the air and says, God, I'm done. And he quits. He goes to bed that night and he receives a second vision from God. God appears to the man and says to the man, my child, why did you stop pushing on the boulder? And that's when the man began to have tears in his eyes. And he said, because it never moved God. All those weeks, all those months, all those days pushing on a boulder, and it never moved. All the frustration of it. God said, my child, step, step over here. I stand in front of this mirror. So the man gets in front of the mirror, and God says, what do you see? He says, I see myself, God. You know what I see. He says, no, 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 look closer. Look at your legs. He said, man, those used to be little itty Chicken legs. Now those legs are strong and sturdy. Look at your arms. Those used to be weak little arms, but now they're strong and tough and muscular. Look at your neck. Look at your shoulders. You see, the goal wasn't for the boulder to move. It wasn't for the boulder to change. It was for you to change. You see, it's what God is doing in you and what God is doing for you. And so many of us are caught up in this renewal process and we're saying, God, nothing in my job is changing. Nothing in my relationship is changing. Nothing around me is changing. And God is saying, it's because I'm doing it inside you first. The renewal starts inside. And many times we say, well, is God ever going to complete it? To which the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter one, verse number six, he says, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God's going to finish this work. God doesn't start something. He's not like myself who waits five years. Wondering if you're ever going to get it back to it. He's not like that. God began it and he will complete it. You and I can trust that God is beginning to finish that work. That God will see it through. But in the meantime, we need to remember verse 18. It says, so we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You say, why would the apostle Paul write, fix your eyes? Why would he say that? Aren't we talking about renewal? Aren't we talking about renovation? Why are we talking about fixing our eyes? What, what is the Apostle Paul trying to communicate to me this morning? You ever heard the phrase, keep your eyes on the prize? Our church is in a $10.5 million building project. And we will spend a little over $600,000, not on moving dirt, not on putting up timber, not on concrete, not on asphalt, not on paint, not on nails, not on landscaping. We're going to spend over half a million dollars on a picture. They call it blueprints. So that every time we meet a contractor, every time we meet a subcontractor, they don't go out to our property and start building what they feel like building. I think this will look good. No, I think this will look good. No, I think this will look good. You know what you're going to have? A big pile of nothing. It's a big heap. So we're spending over $600,000 on blueprints. 
So then we get out to the site. When it's time to go, the foreman's going to look at the blueprints and he's going to say to the subcontractor, hey, electrician, this is what you're building. Hey, plumber, this is what you're building. Hey, framer, this is what you're building. Hey, welder, this is what you're building. Hey, painter, this is what you're painting. Hey, gardener, this is what you're landscaping. Each and every person's already going to have the picture. The reason the Apostle Paul is trying to drive home this point, he's saying with this renovation project, many of you are discouraged because you don't know what it's supposed to look like. And that's because you don't have your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because the goal of your life is to look more like him. And how can you look more like him if you don't know what he looks like? This is why we spend time stepping back and saying, okay, I get it now. That's the picture I'm supposed to look like. Because some of us will do this. Some of us will look at Miss Sonia and say, I want to look like Miss Sonia. Some of us will look at John and say, I want to look like John. Some of us will look at Tristan and will say, I want to look like Tristan. Or we'll look at Robert and say, I want to look like Robert. Or we'll look at Miss Bonnie and we'll say, I want to look like Miss Bonnie. Or we'll look at Megan and say, I want to look like Megan. And God's saying, wrong. All of those are great and wonderful people but they're not the right people. And for some of us, we've made idols out of other people instead of made an idol out of Jesus Christ because thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's him. And so the apostle Paul is saying in this project, it's eyes on Jesus. It's focused on him. It's saying, Lord, you lead me because you're what I want to look like. I want to love how you love. I want to serve how you serve. I want to die to self as you die to self. I want to care for others like you care for others. I want to evangelize like you evangelize. I want to be merciful like you are merciful. I want to be humble like you are humble. I want to be generous like you are generous. That's the image that I get. I don't copy any of you and you don't copy me. You look at Jesus and say, that's my Lord and my Savior. That's the one I'm going to follow. That's the image that I want to have. That's the person I'm going for. So when this renovation project is done... Guess who we look like? Jesus. That's the goal, my friend. While you're looking for renewal, God's saying, I'm looking for renovation. Let's go to Home Depot. Let's get us some tools. Stop with the Burke Williams. Stop with the Spa Finder. Stop with all that. It's expensive and it feels weird. But when you get your eyes on Jesus, say, okay, this is going to be hard. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. Lord, I'm going to remember that you're doing a work inside of me. So we focus on the Father. We need to know what we're looking like, we're supposed to look like. We said it's a day by day, that's process. We said it's working for us, that means it's profitable. We fix our eyes, that has to do with our perspective. God is saying this process is profitable if you have the right perspective to see it. So this morning, what's your perspective? If your perspective is still, oh man, I just need to stop serving, that just takes it out of me when I serve. You don't understand what renewal looks like. Oh, I just, I, I can't get up early to spend time with God. That just, that just doesn't renew me. You don't know what renewal looks like. Renewal is work. Don't let anybody else fool you that it's not. And the Christian church has to step back and say, this, this thing where we feel like, okay, I'm either a Mary or a Martha. You say, what were those? I don't have a lot of time. I need to wrap this up. I'll have to preach a second message on it if I get too far. Martha was busy serving. 
Mary was busy sitting at the feet of Jesus. And some of us are like, I'm just a Mary. I don't serve. I don't do jack. I just sit at the feet of Jesus. You have six days out of your week to sit at the feet of Jesus. You can serve a little bit. And let me talk to the Marthas because our church, believe it or not, is full of Marthas. We have some of the most dearest, wonderful servants. You think I did all this? You are tripping. I did none of this. No cap. Come on. Come on. We have people that do this. They get here. They do the work. Because they want to serve. We see that we can be both. We can get to work on this renovation project. Some of the greatest joy you will find is in serving Jesus. Some of the greatest joy and satisfaction you will find is when you say, Lord, what do you want from me? And one day you'll look back and you'll be like, man, I had all that opportunity in my renovation project to work on myself. I find that I'm a hands-on learner. I'm hands-on. So for me, a renovation project, I just got to do it. And yes, I am the type that is fire-ready aim. That's totally my personality. I leap before I look. And I'll figure it out on the way. That's my personality. My wife is the exact opposite, so we're perfect for each other. But some of us, we have the paralysis of analysis. We just wait till it's perfect. Oh, I ain't going to do anything. I'm afraid I'll mess it up. Please, you ain't going to mess it up. Did you see everything that happened last week? Oh my goodness, you ain't going to mess it up. You probably would have made it better. You're not going to mess it up. Mary wasn't going to mess it up if she went in the kitchen. And Martha wouldn't have messed up the meal if she would have sat at the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus can do a miracle and the food's good. Trust me. It's good. And he can multiply. He can take care of all that. Be better than anything we've ever had. But yet we've got to come back to this. Lord, I'm fixing my eyes on you. That's my perspective has changed. God wants to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why would he say well done? Because your renewal is renovation. It's work. Your Christian life, salvation was free and clear. Grace alone. You can't earn salvation. Sanctification, that is the big theological word for becoming more like Christ, takes work. Takes work. And so many of us, there's an old black and white TV show. I don't even know the actor's name, but it was the actor most famously known for Gilligan's Island. Gilligan. And they would say to the actor, you got to work. And in the show, his big line was, work? He would freak out if you had to tell him to work. He would have like this panic attack. And some of you guys, God's coming to you and saying, hey, you're wanting deeper revelation, but you're not opening up this word. You want to hear from me, but you're not willing to get up before the distraction of the day to hear from me. And you're not willing to fast and say no to some things so that you can get more from me. And God wants you to have that. Can we all stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? The worship team comes out. God's work is a renovation process in your life.
It's day by day. It's process. It's working for you. It's profitable. As we fix our eyes, it's perspective. So let God do his work in your life. You're here in this place. You're here in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I am worn out. And here I've been looking at perspective all wrong. I've been thinking renewal is like, God, just give me that rest. Just give me sleep. When God is saying no, there's actually something you've got to work on. There's actually something in your life I need you to not sleep on and you need to be busy working on that. How many of you can I pray for you this morning in this place? Oh, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hands up all over this place. Oh, amen. God bless you. Wanting that renewal, ready to go to work. Here's what I'm going to do, my friends. I'm going to open up the altars. There's nothing special necessarily about coming to an altar, but it's a posture of humility before God that says, Lord, I'm open to your help. And you can make an altar at the front of this altar. You can kneel here. You can kneel in your seat. Or you can sit down and pray. But I wouldn't leave this place until I'd spend some time with God. So I'm going to pray for you. And then my wife and I will be down here at the front. If you would like somebody to pray with you, we'll be here to pray with you and over you. Because I want to see a renewal in our church. Imagine what our church could look like if everybody this week went to a spiritual Home Depot and grabbed their tools and went to work on some of these things that have been working us. We may find some victory over some bondage. We may find some victory over some sins. We may find some victory over depression, anxiety, fear. You may find some great victory. So the worship team, here's what they're going to do. They are going to lead us in a song. And I'm going to ask everybody with heads bowed and eyes closed to give us all some primacy so that we could just spend some time in the presence of God. So right now, as the worship team leads us, I'm going to invite you to slip out. We'll be down here to pray with you, or you can pray there in your seat. But worship team, would you lead us? Thank you again for spending time with us today, and a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.